your answer in terms of South Africa's inability to create sufficient jobs? Yes, I'm saying that South Africans must understand the scale of this crisis. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, we have the highest unemployment rate in the world, um, according to the World Bank. Second, number two is Djibouti. Secondly, we have the second highest youth unemployment rate in the world. Djibouti is number one. Yeah. So then the second thing we have to say is that we've got 11.7 million unemployed people. The unemployment rate is 41.2 percent. I forecast I've done scenarios that um, until 2035, the driver on the supply side is the labor force growth rate. So you projected it at about 2.4 percent growth, 800,000 people enter will enter the labor force every year until 2035. That's number one. So, on the, so that that's the thing that you need to understand. Now, what that means in practice is that on the demand side, it is the GDP growth rate times the employment multiplier mm-hmm. that works out the employment growth rate, the jobs that are created each year. So, the employment multiplier, I've estimated, this is a relationship between GDP growth and employment, is 0.9 over the past two decades. So, you multiply the GDP growth rate times the employment multiplier, and you get the number of jobs that are created each year. So we need a GDP growth rate of 4.2% just to create jobs for the annual new entrance into the labor force, the 800,000 here. So we need to create jobs for the people who enter, the 800,000, and the the, the people who are previously employed, the 11.7 million. So until 2035, to achieve full employment – we have to create 1.6 million jobs every year. Mm. We are currently creating on this 1.5%, but I've just on 1.5% growth rate for the next few years. We, um, we create about 200,000 jobs a year mm. on this growth rate. So that is the shortfall in job creation that we're seeing as an economy. Now, back to the political parties. Political parties are not understanding that at the end of the day, this is a macroeconomic policy issue, nothing else. Mm. And we can't be throwing lame skills development um, initiatives and and expect that that's going to create jobs. There isn't demand in the economy to employ people. So stats as a service show the reason companies have got massive spare capacity of more than 20% is that people don't have the goods and services, I mean the money to buy the goods and services that they can produce. So that's number one. So uh, South Africans need to, so I was, let me just say Borsa, they launched on Sunday, their manifesto. So now Borsa says 2 million jobs over five years. Now Within the context of 11.7 million people are currently employed, unemployed, and 800,000 new entrants into the labor force, that doesn't make a difference. And so it is a very lame target by BOSA. They haven't thought about it enough. And according to my calculation, if we do achieve these 2 million jobs a year for five years, the economy will create 1.2 million jobs on this low growth anyway. So the BOSA policies will only increase jobs by 800,000. So over five years. So with the, if they achieve the, the 2 million jobs, 
with Musi Maimane as president, the number of unemployed people will increase by 1.6 million to 13.3 million. So they haven't thought about it enough. And then I got into trouble. I, mean, I was looking at the Rise Mzansi. Mm-hmm. Rise Mzansi is allergic to numbers. They don't have numbers in the entire in the entire, what you call it, the, they've got two numbers, you know, and they make no sense whatsoever. Sure. So, the, so I'm just saying that they don't address macroeconomic policy because there's three levers to mm-hmm. get rid of this unemployment. And I believe that if the political parties aren't giving us a credible path towards full employment, like I'm giving you now, um, they're wasting our time in their manifesto. So there's three levers, as I said. Yes. The first one is the GDP growth rate. Yeah. The second one is industrial policies to increase the employment multiplier the labor intensity of GDP growth. So if you do a scenario, I've done scenarios. So with the 6% GDP growth rate until 2035, um, we still have 6 million unemployed people um, by 2035. But if we now increase the labor intensity of GDP growth and increase the multiplier to about 1.1 from 0.9, we have full employment by 2035. That's number two. Mm -hmm. Number three is that and currently we are spending only 0.3% of GDP on industrial policies. So that is insignificant, is almost nothing. So we are not doing much to change the structure of our economy towards labor-intensive sectors that can absorb the people with the skills and the education that we have, not the one we wish we have. I was so sad to hear Musi talking about robotics and AI. Mm-hmm. The people who are unemployed can't get into those jobs. So stop talking about that. We must talk about where the people are can work in these sectors. Yeah. And the last thing, we have got three public employment programs, the expanded public works program, the, um, the presidential employment stimulus and the community works program. I've spoken to the heads of all those um, institutions, the heads of these institutions, and I believe that we have to amalgamate all these things. They've got a budget of 17 billion. They've got, um, they create 1.8 million work opportunities a year and 900,000 full-time equivalent jobs. So we have to expand that massively. I think we have to create one institution, a quasi-public institution with civil society oversight that's going to create up to 5 million jobs and the capacity to create 5 million public employment jobs. And I'm astounded mm-hmm. that none of the political parties are talking about public employment because it fills the gap between the jobs that can't be created by GDP growth and the jobs that can't be created by by industrial policies. You know, the, so I just think that I'm, I watched the multi-party charter um, launch on the economy. But what I found disgraceful seven years after Me Too is that there were 12 presenters on the economy, all men. And the multi-party charter thought there was nothing wrong with that, you know. And But anyway, so but mm. they as well, they didn't come up with anything to create tangible proposals to create jobs. You can't tell me, as the multi-party charter did, that you deregulate the economy, you become easy to fire and hire people, and then suddenly you'll employ people. That makes no sense whatsoever. Kaya FM, if they can deregulate the economy, you won't... Kaya FM won't employ new people unless there's more 
for advertising revenue, end of story. So it's about demand for the things that companies can produce that creates jobs. I don't understand why people don't understand that, you know. Yeah. Duma, yeah. On, on the various themes that you've mentioned uh, and the lack of focus that these parties uh, within their election manifestos have placed on the macroeconomic factors, are you essentially saying that they're taking us for a ride in terms of their job creation ambitions that they've published? Yes, I'm, yes, I'm doing, well, boss is the only one that has a target. So on that, they should be complimented, but I don't think they did enough work on the target. So if you don't have a target for jobs, you're wasting our time. I looked at the ANC one from 19, 2019. They had a target to create 275,000 additional jobs, but that would not as well not take us very far. And that is a cut and paste from the job summit agreement of 2018. So the first thing I want to see in a chart, in a, manifesto is a jobs target and yeah now rise and it doesn't have a jobs target and um, the multi-party charter the the those parties the i think it's nine parties they don't have a target for jobs so how are we going to hold you accountable if you don't have a target for jobs so i'm waiting for the others to come i want to see tangible targets for jobs that you're going to hold people accountable and there has to be a binding gdp gdp and employment target for the reserve bank Mm. and national treasury and then they're going to start uh, that's what i believe yeah yeah 100 percent. duma you you know the nerd in me my brain cells are already tickled and so intrigued by the calculations that you've shared with us and in my mind i'm thinking you know if i play devil's advocate for just a moment some of these political parties might come in and say well hold on Uh, a lot of the macroeconomic factors are things that we would control once we are uh, in power. Think Transnet, our freight rail logistics, power as a challenge from ESCOM, which are some of the key uh, factors that are pulling back uh, our economic growth as well as a stimulus to to, in terms of our industrial policies. Would that be an adequate response at all? Yes, that's what they were all saying in their presentations on the economy. So they believe that if we sort out ESCOM and Transnet will be growing at 4%. That's not true because they've got very short memories. Let me tell you, in 2018, when so let me just first tell you, the breakdown of ESCOM plants starts in 2018 when Sro Ramaphosa becomes president. And the energy that has been shared from 2018 to 2023, um, it's 95% of all the energy that has been shared since 20, 2007. Sure. The, the collapse of um, Transnet starts in 2018. But if we fix both of these issues... We were not growing before 2018 when we didn't have these problems of unprecedented load shedding and Transnet. So it can't be just about Transnet and ESCOM, although we have to sort those, solve those problems immediately. But that will not take us back towards 4% or 6% GDP growth. Because as you know, Google, we haven't had that GDP growth Ooh, I'm hoping we since can... 2006 seven. Yeah. So for 17 17- years, we haven't been growing in 2007, and it was 16 years ago. So we haven't had that high growth for 15, 16 years. So you can't tell me that when ESCOM and Transnet are fixed, we will suddenly start growing at the rate we grew, the 4.5% we did under Mbeki. That is nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duma, I, I'm so intrigued by so much of this because, again, it does speak to the economic policies we have, you know, Operation Vulinkela. We've had Ingulamiti uh, at some point, uh, NDP and the 2030s just around the corner if we take a look at some of our growth prospects. In terms of where we are, the struggles that we continue to have in our economy, uh, 
What's your outlook, I guess, for the next five years? Will growth still continue to be incredibly mundane in our economy? You, you know what? I was listening just now to your previous one, the IMF. Yes. Down, so every year, Googs, you might remember this, like we start off with a growth target and then January starts decreasing the MPC meeting and yeah. every meeting, the budget will start. So it's a trend you see every year that the growth forecast throughout the year starts being you know, down from what it started. So we outward future as South Africans is bleak. 1% growth in 2024. It's absolutely bleak. Um, there is nothing I see in the government's economic policies that's going to get us out of this crisis. Yeah. yeah. Not in the short term, not in the medium term? Well, you just you just saw IMF 1%. Yeah. Um, that is higher than what National Treasury and the Reserve Bank are saying. That is lower than what National Treasury and the Reserve Bank are saying. And if you I, I bet that by the by June we'll be talking about 0.5, 0.6 percent. You know, yeah. It's a tough one, Duma. I'm always intrigued by the conversations that we have, and of course, just taking a look at uh, where it is that we're failing and the numbers in terms of how best we need to stimulate growth. But as you've mentioned, for us to really actively create jobs uh, in South Africa, 1.6 million would essentially be the target. We'd have to grow at at least 4.2 percent uh, of GDP. And one thing that's for certain is that we do need to absorb the uh, 800,000. Uh, individuals who enter the population and need to be economically active as we approach that by 2035. Always a pleasure speaking to you, Duma. Truly appreciated and looking forward to more engagements on this matter. And if you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.